welcome to the Principles of Success podcast. This is your host, Dr. Shana Henry. This podcast is for current or aspiring female school leaders and those who are supportive of their journeys. Each week, we will hear from passionate educational leaders. I will also share my reflections from over 15 years as a school leader. Together, we will talk about how to level up our schools and our leadership. Hello and welcome. I am so glad you're here, and I'm really excited for you to get to know our guest today, Dr. April Williams. Dr. Williams is a principal in Houston, Texas, and she leads an all-girl public school named Young Women's College Preparatory Academy. I was fascinated by this concept, so I asked her the why behind this vision, and she will also share three priorities on her site that is helping her girls create a very strong future. Here's my interview with Dr. April Williams. Principal April Williams, welcome to the podcast and thank you for being here. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Today we're going to chat about some of the great things you're doing at your school, but I first want to get to know more about the fearless leader. So can you tell us about you and your your path to leadership? Certainly. I don't I don't know if I would define myself as fearless <laughs> for sure. You know, every day is a new day in leadership. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely challenging, but you know, I started out, I went to a college here in Houston where I grew up, had no idea what I wanted to do, what I wanted to major in. I probably had about five or six majors. And I finally settled on psychology. And, you know, when I graduated, I told myself, oh, I'm going to, you know, go into business for my own. I'm going to be a psychologist. I'm going to, you know, just help people. I knew that everything that I had kind of decided I would be at any given moment was always something, you know, helping others or, you know, being a servant leader. So I knew that that was in me. But of course, when you graduate, it's not easy to find a job. It's not easy to say, oh, I'm going to, you know, now go back into school to do another degree. So I started subbing in the um, public schools here in Houston. And, you know, fresh out of college, 21, I started subbing at like a middle school. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? (laughs) Like, this is crazy. And I didn't grow up in in public schools, so it was something very new to me, just the system, just the, you know, the students that I was having, the curriculum, everything was just very new. But after about a week or two, uh, the principal came to me and said, hey, can you be a long-term sub? You're doing a really good job with our students. And I was like, really? Am I? (laughs) You know, um, (laughs) shocking to me because, you know, with teaching, you walk in every moment and you're like, you're putting on a show and it's like, am I doing well? Right. Right. So I said, okay, you know, I'll stay through the end of the school year. And I did that. And I actually fell in love with education and being around kids. And so I just knew that at that moment, that was something that I wanted to do. So I went into an alternative certification program the following year, became a teacher, been in the classroom for probably about seven years. And then I started moving into leadership. And it was just, again, one of those things where leaders at the campus was approaching me and saying, you know, this is your next step. This is what, you know, you need to move into this role or can you take on this role? 
And so it was just, you know, it was like a natural progression. It wasn't something that I, you know, started out and said, okay, I want to be a principal or I want to be a superintendent or I want to do this. It's just kind of what happens next. And it's just that gradual progression of, of leadership. And so, you know, I've, I've worn all of the hats, if you will, that you rise in education, teacher, department chairs, assistant principal, and now principal. I love that story. You have a unique design for your school. So tell us more about it. Yes. So we are um, actually the only single gender school in Houston ISD for females. Um, We do have kind of like a brother, quote unquote, school, if you will. But uh, we are the only public institute in, in Houston ISD that is single gender for females. And so just that in itself is very unique because we had to fight. And when I say we, we are part of a network of schools in Texas, Young Women's Preparatory Network. We had to do a lot of, and I shouldn't say we, they they had to do a lot of fighting to ensure that single gender education was something in public schools that, you know, was considered legal because it, right. it did take a while for legislation and politicians to say, you know, this is something that's of value and this is something, mm-hmm. you know, it's still equitable. It's not something that that really disregards another gender or leaves out another gender. It is just something, an institution, if you will, that focuses on one particular gender that is typically left out of, you know, uh, certain subject areas and certain contents and certain opportunities when it comes to females. So I think that it's you know, it's a great, great, great campus. It's a dynamic setup, very unique. We have um, nine schools across Texas, and and I'm happy to lead one of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I use the word unique, and, and you said they really had to fight. And I, I would imagine they had to because that was pretty unheard of. And the first thing I asked you when, when we met is, is this a public school? Because mm-hmm. you don't typically hear about this, right? So I'm sure there was a lot of research given and all, all of the things to back it up. So share with us a little bit about why single gender education is important and impactful. Mm-hmm. You know, boys and girls are different. Females and males are different. And there there's no way around that, right? We're just, mm-hmm. we're, we're wired differently. And so in those formative years, I think that it's so important that girls and boys, for that matter, have the opportunity to express themselves freely, to be able to um, comfortably express themselves and not have to worry about appeasing someone else. And so, you know, that's the way that it's always been. We can't deny that. And so, you know, when girls and boys are in classrooms, especially math and science classrooms, boys tend to get the limelight. They just do. Boys are considered smarter in math and science than girls are, and they're more dominant in classrooms than girls are. They're more vocal. They're louder. They tend to take control. They tend to take over leadership roles in classrooms. And so when you just get rid of that dynamic and you have a single gender classroom where every girl can wear every hat, I could be the leader, I could be the facilitator, I could be the writer, I could be the communicator, I could be, you know, I could do anything and I don't have to worry about competing with my male counterpart. Mm -hmm. And I can do it in those classrooms that traditionally I would not have the opportunity to do that in those math and science classrooms. So I think that it's it definitely builds confidence 
because they've always had a voice, right? When they're on our campus, it's never not been a chance where, oh, I didn't get that position because I, you know, I wasn't a male or because I wasn't loud enough. Um, Now you may not get it because the next girl may have just done better than you, but it's still an equal playing field, if you will, for those, those particular positions. And it just breeds confidence because you're, you're focused on your education and that's it. You're not necessarily having to worry about impressing somebody in the classroom, you know, every day. So. Right. Such great points and and gave me a lot to think about. So let's talk a little bit about what you're doing at your school. You're doing some incredible things and I want to spend some time sharing what those are. Can you tell us what the, what the big ones we're going to talk about and then we'll go into each of them separately? Yeah. Um, so we do, you know, we, we focus on STEM. So that's our number one priority for our girls. We want to make sure that they are um, in those math, science, technology classrooms that traditionally they would not be in. We focus on college. We're a sixth through 12th grade campus. And in sixth grade, we're talking college to you. It's that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not if I will go to college, it is where I will go to college. And then the next thing is that social emotional piece. And I think that that's a big piece for everyone right now across the nation, but specifically for girls, it's important. Mm -hmm. So let's start with that social emotional piece. So how does that look at your school? So right now what we do, um, you know, we're hybrid right now, if you will. So we're part virtual, part face to face. And so it looks a little bit different this year. It's been a struggle. But what we do is, because we're a high school and a middle school, we make sure that our girls are kind of intertwined with one another. It's not separate schools. And so um, our middle schoolers look to our high schoolers as their big sisters. And so we make sure that we have mentors set up, that we have programs set up where our younger girls can reach out to their older sisters and ask questions and just be vulnerable and just, you know, express their anxieties that they may have about, you know, whether it's school or whether it's something personal and just having that mentor there to support them and be able to help them express themselves and get to, you know, the place where they want to be. And it just really adds value because an adult can tell you, everything right. Right. But when you're a teenager and when you're an adolescent, you're like, they don't know what they're talking about, you know, or they haven't been there or they haven't done that. And so it's nice to be able to lean on our young adults, our young women Mm -hmm. to be able to support our younger ones. And so we definitely speak vulnerability. We let our girls know that it's okay to be anxious. It's okay to struggle it is okay to, you know, sometimes not feel great about something, right? But mm-hmm. what's important is how you react to those things. And so mm-hmm. teaching them that all of all of those feelings and all of those anxieties and things that come with just, you know, growing up is okay. We want them to be able to persevere. And we teach them all the time about grit mm-hmm. and just being able to push through and how to kind of mellow out, if you will, and kind of get through those things that life will throw you. Because, you know, we're we're very honest with them. It will happen. You will struggle Mm -hmm. at times. You won't be the best all the time. And so it's important to have those conversations because they have to know how to handle those things when it happens, right? We can't just say you're the best, the best, the best, the best, the best, and you're going to get everything, you know, that you want. 
yes, that happens once every blue moon, but that's not reality. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> <No>. not. No. <laughs> All right. Tell us about your STEM program. Yes. Yeah, so we have an awesome STEM program, an awesome STEM program. And I, I've been at the campus for three years and the campus, we're actually, this is our 10th year um, next year. So the STEM program has like been dynamic before I even got there. So I just want, I can't take credit for how awesome it is. You know, we make sure that our girls are first off in pre-AP and AP level courses. And so they're taking those rigorous college preparatory type courses in science, in math, in computer science, in engineering, in technology, you know, we're preparing them for this STEM world that they are going to be a part of. And we do that by having mentors, you know, and kind of with the social emotional, we talked about student to student mentors. But with our STEM program, we're going out and we have corporations and organizations, females who want to be able to mentor our girls and say, you know what, I sat right where you are. But what's different about me or are different about you as a student at Young Women's is that you know what you want to do and you have every opportunity in front of you to be able to explore and do it. And so, you know, they're, they're teaching our girls how to take advantage of the situation that they're in you know, internships, externships. Um, We have some girls who on Monday will be interviewing with a company who is going to allow them to have a half year internship for their senior year. We've had girls who have actually been hired after they've graduated from college with these same companies. And so, you know, just teaching them the importance of getting yourselves out there, Mm -hmm. you know, learning something new, and really not focusing on traditional, you know, careers that that girls kind of just are known for. Right. It's like, no, right. get out into this STEM world, get into these STEM careers and figure out how you can be an engineer, figure out what you need to do in order to work in oil and gas, you know, mm-hmm. or to go into medicine or to do these different types of things with science and math in mind. Mm-hmm. How empowering. I love that. Um, starting at a young age, those were things that I didn't have when I was in high school. And right. imagine, <laughs> imagine the possibilities, right? Okay, yeah. so college focus, last one. Yeah, so college is is definitely what we speak, eat, and breathe on our campus. Mm-hmm. You know, it's in our name, of course. And from sixth grade, we're exposing our girls to college. And like I said earlier. It's not if you will go to college, it is where you will go to college. And so, you know, just speaking the importance of education to our students, to our girls and saying, you know, high school is great. Graduating from high school is an accomplishment. It is definitely a feat. And, you know, you deserve all of the accolades that come with that. But you have to be ready for what's next. And in order to be ready for what's next, you still need more education, You need to network, you know, and you need to be able to grow in writing and grow in in communicating, verbally communicating and doing all of the things that you experience in college. You know, being a part of organizations, um, having to defend yourself to your professor, you know, Mm -hmm. all of these different types of things are important to to kind of building who you are as a person. And so. We talk about that from sixth grade all the way through um, 12th grade. And um, we have a college-bound advisor who is specifically on our campus 
to help our girls through that college process. Mm. And so in middle school, you know, she's she's talking about local universities. She's she's taking them to visit local universities. She's talking about, you know, the college experience, if you will. And then once they move into high school, it becomes very strategic. She's talking about scholarships. She's talking about financial aid. She's talking about the right fit college, you know, what type of college you should go to, how many colleges are out there and how there's always a fit for everybody. You know, there's so many colleges out there and so many opportunities that our girls have. We want to make sure that they don't limit themselves and think that, you know, I have to go across the street. We have a university like right across the street from us. And so we want them to think beyond that. While that's great if you can go and get into that university, think beyond that. And so she does a really good job of um, they're doing virtual experiences right now, virtual college tours. Typically, she will take them off site to colleges. They'll go out of state and visit colleges. You know, we have like a college signing day. So think about an athletic signing day. But we we center it around college and we let all of our girls come and view that so they can see where their mm-hmm. sisters are announcing they got in and where they chose to go. You know, we make it a big, huge celebration because it's it's an important milestone and it's right. it's you know one that deserves some real accolades. Mm-hmm. And since we've been open, a hundred percent of our girls have graduated from high school with their cohort, and a hundred percent of our girls have been accepted into a four-year college or university. Our girls work really hard, but they have that mm-hmm. knowledge embedded in them. But from the time that they walk in our doors to the time that they walk away. Right. And that college bound advisor, that is someone different from a, a counselor. Yes. Yes, she okay. is. So she only works with students regarding college. So, yes, she's different than a counselor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so important to mention that. So, mm-hmm. April, I'm really curious, how has leading this type of school with with single gender focus, how has this changed you as a leader? You know, I definitely think it, it has made me grow for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually went to a single gender high school and graduated oh, from wow. a single gender high school, um, a private school. And I remember that I fought my mom and dad like tooth and nail for four (laughs) years saying, you know, I don't want to be here. I want to go to a regular school. I want boys. I want this. I want that. And, you know, how funny life is that now I'm full circle back at leading a campus of single gender students. But now as a leader, I'm able to see from, you know, just with a different lens, I can place myself in their shoes and really say, you know what? Yes, I went to a single gender school, but we didn't have this. We didn't have this. We didn't have this. We didn't have that. And so I want to be able to remember my experience and give my girls everything that they they could possibly think they may be missing, mm-hmm. you know, attending a single gender school. We want to make yeah. it fun. I want to make sure that they love being on campus, that they want to come to campus every day and that they get that full high school experience and that they come back. Right. Because if mm-hmm. if you love your school, you're going to come back. You're going to want to give back. You're going to want to you know, talk to your younger sisters <laughs> and be able to help them. And so as a leader, I'm just I've grown in that area that it's it's not all about 
you know, the curriculum and academics, which is hugely important, mm-hmm. but it's also about that well-balanced campus and, and being able to provide our girls just that whole experience. And, and hopefully being at this campus, I think that it's helped me see the light, if you will, and, and kind of grow in that area. Yeah, I appreciate what you said, too, because many of our listeners are going to be leaders of co-ed spaces. And mm-hmm. so I think what you just shared is a great poignant piece of this is just what we need to do for our girls in general is provide mm-hmm. these opportunities in these spaces. So thank you for Definitely. sharing that. Mm-hmm. Now, we're about to wrap up, and I always like to do some fun rapid fire questions at the end. So are you game to to go with this with me about <laughs> okay. five questions? All right. <laughs> Favorite leadership book? Oh, there's so many. But probably right now, Dare to Lead, Brene Brown. Yeah, I love that one. Mm-hmm. We hear that one a lot on the show. How about favorite app? Oh, for work, Twitter. Yeah, personal, probably Instagram. <laughs> How about best Amazon find for work? Probably my gallon water holder jug thingamajig that mm. tells me, you know, it's 9 a.m., it's 11 a.m., it's 1 p.m., <laughs> here's where you should be. <laughs> you know, because as leaders, we're running around campus all the time and I, oh I need gosh. to drink water. <laughs> Yes. And so much harder to do with a mask, by the way, to remember to drink your water. I know. I know. But I fill that thing up every morning. And if I finish it, I feel like, oh, my gosh, I've accomplished something today. (laughs) Yes. Favorite song to put you in a good mood? Oh, Lord, I love music. So any if I put on music, I'm in a good mood. But probably my Mm. all time is um, Kiss of Life by uh, Sade. Mm. Yeah, I love her. So good. (laughs) One tip you would tell your first year principal self? Have fun. Have fun. I mean, I think that being a principal is one of the best jobs that you will ever have in education. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not just saying that. I really mean it. And have fun with it. Definitely. Kids will bring joy to your life every single day if you allow it. Mm, So true. Mm -hmm. All right, April, if listeners want to connect with you, how should they do so? I am on Twitter. So I am April underscore Williams four on Twitter. So you can connect with me there. Perfect. I will put that in the show notes. Dr. April Williams, thank you so much for being here with us. This was a fantastic conversation. I learned a lot. So thank you. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. And yes, whenever you're in the Houston area, come visit. We love to have visitors to see the greatness happening on our campus. Fantastic. Thank you again. All righty. Have a great one. Thank you. I'm not going to lie. That chat with Dr. Williams definitely made me want to turn my school into a single gender school. Anyone else feel me on that? She definitely gave me some things to think about when it comes to reaching and lifting up our girls in school. Thank you, Dr. Williams, for all that you do. If you enjoyed this conversation with Dr. Williams, don't forget to share this episode. We also love your reviews over on iTunes. Until next time, this is Dr. Shana Henry with the Principles of Success podcast. 